So I've been waiting patiently this whole time because I have our challenge in this green backpack. It's not going to be a gross one again, is it? Don't worry about it. Actually, you don't worry about it. What are you talking about? I have the challenge this week. What? You get a toboggan that someone can't move. You get something that they pay for and then realize you get to keep it. And then you know what you do? You sell it again, because you're my son. We sell shit. I've never had a job. I instilled that in you. I never thought of a clay toboggan. What the fuck? I do like the environment. Right? The open air environment? I just like everything about it. I like the little breeze. I, I like being in a garage. I like using a, a small bathroom I wasn't familiar with. Yeah. Everything was very close. That's, that's my bathroom that my wife has designated to me. Just that room? Just, I live in there. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with I that. I live in the bathroom. We all we all need a, a bathroom in life. We'll need a getaway spot. What's, a, what's a your room, getaway a spot? A room for air. A room it, for air, if you is will. Is what I call it. If you will. I did. Why do people use the expression, if you will? It's like, I, I am every time, if you will. If, if they need to. I mean, I'm not really familiar with expressions and, and what they mean, but I just keep going. Yeah. If I will, I am. Yeah. Then we are. And we're here. It's perfect. Mm -hmm. We're in the present. Exciting. Exciting. Yeah. Jeremiah, right? Yeah, Kirk, perfect. right? Perfect. This is it. Got a camera. Yeah. You know, you, you're you familiar with uh, cameras. Right? You you do a lot of sets, right? Not just stand-up sets, but you do a lot of, you know, acting sets, too. I do I do some acting. I, I have been working a lot, and I am familiar with the camera, and what, then I try and ignore it. What would you say your secret is? What do you say? What do you say? What do you say your secret is? The to, secret to what? To, to acting. To why I? Well, my secret is, as soon as I stopped caring. That's when you started booking. That's when things seemed to start going my way. When I just started talking. Now I've never known you as a person who like seemed like they cared a lot you know what i mean well that's that's <laughs> that's the illusion yeah uh, i care so much okay that it gets to a point where it just dies mm. so when you look at me over the years and it looks like i i don't care i care so much and then it gets to a point where it just stops and appears nonchalant but with regards to acting, I'm I'm getting better. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting better at just being present. That's my battle, my friend. Being present, just I feel just, like in life you're pretty good at it. I'm getting there. This is all. Even this is uncomfortable, but but I'm feeling better. Yeah, of course. I'm so used to being in the uncomfort zone that I don't think I know what uncomfortable is anymore. Well. This is a little uncomfortable. Is it? For me. Okay. Tell me why it's uncomfortable for you. I'm really curious. 
because I don't like doing anything. So the fact that, okay, okay. The fact that I'm here. It's a big get, right? Well, it's not even a, a big get. It's just, it's important for me to start doing things like this. Ma making efforts? Just making an effort. And I realized as I was driving here, and I had mentioned out there that I kind of, something hit me and it's like, everything I do is in case of emergency. And so this is important for me to, to say, Jeremiah, let's, let's finally do it. Well, because I, for a year, I, th I thought about doing it, yeah. but I just didn't, you know, the pandemic came in handy. <laughs> so I just... I asked you to do this podcast, I, no joke, I think in 2018 or 19, probably see is realistically it's a, it's when a i slow asked build. you and then you brought it up at the store when i it, it honestly you caught me off guard you go hey jeremiah i'm ready to do your podcast I'm ready. and i literally was like you're ready like so years a, a three-year build but that's why when i was driving here it was like okay i need to i need to be able to just have a conversation sure with someone in case of emergency yeah. Like if I'm in the future and I need to to talk to somebody about a way out or a safety issue. If you commit a crime later tonight, I'm a, I'm a great alibi. It's it's all of that. Every everything I do is an alibi. Mhm. Mm but I th I think in case of emergency is a good way to look at it. Like I was patient today with my wife and I realized okay, it's important to have some patience in case you're ever in a situation where your life is on the line. Or maybe you need patience yourself. Well, of course. Yeah. I, I know I know what I'm working on. I know my battle. My my battle is to run and be alone. Yeah. But I have a, a wife and a child. Do you think that's a comic thing or do you think that's a Kirk thing? Uh a, the the want to be run and be alone. A comic thing? Yeah. Is that what you said? A comic thing. I just think it's a, a man thing. Yeah. I mean, not, nothing I think of is in terms of comic or actor or anything other than just a human being. So I'm, I'm trying to be seamless in everything I do. Okay. I want to be the same way off stage as I am on and... I think that's, yeah, I think that's a goal for a lot of us is to try, yeah, to be able to be that well-rounded thing. It's just, it feels it's better. It's hard, though. Of course it's hard. It, it's the hardest thing yeah. in the world is to to lose all the want. I try and ride the middle of life. I'm not swayed by praise or blame. I just want to cruise that middle aisle. Mm. And it makes things a lot easier. Well, you look really good tonight. I feel good about it. You said no hat. I usually like a hat. I think I brought it. You said no black. And I, I, I usually some, like black. I gave you some restrictions of your typical wardrobe that you wear. But but then again, as I was driving here, it, it was good to be able to take direction. And so 
It, it all worked in. It almost felt like a call sheet by the end of the day, but when I was texting you. And I, and I was okay with it. I said, park here. Don't wear this. Because do I, that. I, a year ago, I, I, I might not have been this smooth with it. I might not have would you, been okay. able to breathe through it. A year ago, honestly, had I started texting this stuff, would you have found a way out? Well, it just would have been, okay, this isn't, I'm not in control. And I, I think that's what I'm trying to be okay with is not being in control. Oh, yeah. So when you ask, is running from a wife and a child, is that a comic thing? No, it's just I don't want to be there thing. So Right. And I think a lot of people make that run. I mean, you know, we just had Father's Day that happened last week. There's a lot of fathers that they don't stick around and and it's instinct we're going against our nature to stay hmm. i think at at the end of the day we don't want to be there do you think that's all people i think so hmm. Interesting. I, th I think there's elements of 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 all man i can only speak for male Right. And there'll always be those that go against that and say, no, I want to be there. I, I love it. But at the end of the day, we love elements of it. And once we get those elements, then I think, okay, I, I'd like to, to leave. Do you think that's why uh, kings back in the day had concubines of, of like tons of different women and stuff? Of course. We, we all would if it was... A little more socially acceptable. I, I I think why why wouldn't we? It's it's what we're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be throwing that seed around. Just spreading it. Just throwing it. Like Scott's lawn care. Just you just throw it to the birds. It's wherever you want it to go. But Central Park. It's not supposed to seed. stay. It's not supposed to stay in you too long. The seed. Just anything. Oh okay. And the seed is part of it. When, how old were you when you first started masturbating? Uh, the truth is, I don't masturbate. I, I save my chi for special occasions. Yeah? It'll leave when it wants to. Do you have wet dreams? Not in a long time, because if I, I'm currently married. Right. To a young, so you're taking care of. To yeah. a young, beautiful woman who is always available. Mm-hmm. But if she wasn't, I, I would find other ways. But it would never be masturbation. I had a wet dream once uh, sleeping next to my wife, and I, that felt wrong for some reason. Actually, <laughs> it should feel so right that you are that comfortable in marriage. <laughs> I guess so, where yeah. Where you could just go ahead and nut next to her thinking about someone else. Wet dreams, <laughs> I got to be honest with you, I strive for them. Mm-hmm. I look forward to them, but I haven't had one in a long time. Well, they don't, I mean, they don't they're, happen very often rare. for me anymore. They're yeah. rare. They used to happen all the time for me. They'd happen often if you would watch pornography before bed. And, and then also, not do anything about it. And not do anything about it. And then sleep on your stomach. Why sleep on the stomach? Just creates that pressure on the penis. Really? And a little 
as it begins to grow, it will rub. I can't tell if this is a legit it's, scientific it's fact. It's all legit. It Every, is. Everything I say is fact. Even if it's just to me, it is fact. You have a, it is something I have read. You have a tone about you where there's a there's a hint of the tone where it sounds like a slight sarcasm. So it's hard to distinguish I know. sometimes. And I apologize for that. <laughs> Even you apologizing sounds like you're lying to me about the apology. Exactly. So you don't think I'm aware of how I do sound? It's one of the reasons I don't do a lot of podcasts. Because whoever I'm with thinks I'm fucking with them. And so I've done a lot of podcasts which never saw the light of day because whoever... People I, got that insecure about in some, their head? Some of them. The ego got involved and they would try to get the upper hand, but there is no upper hand to get because I'm not competing. So they just get in their own way. Right, right. I like that. But yeah, that's a fact. If... If, if you want a wet dream, there's ways to increase it, to increase the odds. I just, I miss them. They're a good time. Do you remember any of them? I, I remember, I remember a lot of them. Really? Could you maybe share one? No, they're just, they're a little... A little too personal? They're a little specific and the people exist and... Oh, gotcha. And I'd like, I don't know why that they were... On my mind? Yeah. But, you know, maybe toward the end I can let it explain a, a couple of them. Mm. Sometimes it's just a group of, of women, so it's tough to pinpoint facial recognition. So you have orgy dreams? Some I, I have. Yeah. It's, it's usually low numbers. Like three? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing too crazy. No. Yeah. I'm tired. I'm asleep. Honestly, it sounds like a lot of work to me. It is to some people. Definitely the cleanup. I didn't even consider the cleanup. That's you what only I'm think about the action. That's what I'm here for. I'm an educator. There's a camera. Good. Good to see it. It's still here. I've always wanted to see you play tennis. Is that a weird thing to say? Uh, no. It's, it is a sight. Because I hear you're really good. I am... I'm very good. Well, I, I probably could have been a lot better. I had some focus issues in the early years, but I could have been probably the best in the world. But I, I chose to not focus entirely as much as I should have. Because mm. I know that you've like, you know, you're at the level where you, you've instructed people and stuff. That for was years my life. That was I, your life. I, I'd like to go back to it. I, I still have a basket of tennis balls that I can get to. Really? Part of me just wants to leave the wife and child and go teach tennis in Monaco, south of France. I think that's what I'm built for. Maybe that's my wet dream. If I had a wet dream <laughs> and I could tell you what would make me come in my sleep, yeah, it would just be getting in my car kissing my daughter goodbye she's three uh-huh i wouldn't want to wake her right and then just getting in my car and going to the south of france to teach tennis have you been to south of france yeah 
Yeah. I've been just about everywhere you can be. I've had a great life. What's the most exotic place you'd say you've been? What does exotic mean to you? <clears throat> uh, to me, it means something that is so far away from where you were originally born, where it's almost a culture shock. Well, I was to born you. in San Diego. Mm -hmm. So most places have a little bit of San Diego in it. They do, since there's beach. But I was, uh, I was in Tibet for a honeymoon. Okay. Base camp Everest. There's a. Uh, it's a little different from San Diego. Just a little bit, I'm, I'm sure. But I've been to Dubai and Beirut. You know, China. China's interesting. I've been out there. I'm not against traveling. What were the, the purposes of travel for like Beirut and China and different stuff? I think uh, most of it was with regards to the honeymoon, I believe. Uh. Was China, you know, you fly to China and you you see a few things there and then you take a train to Tibet and you go over to Mount Everest. Lebanon, I think comedy was involved. Dubai, stand-up. Yeah. I don't really remember much of what I've done in life, but I'm trying to I'm trying to be able to recall a lot. I mean, maybe that's what these these podcasts are for, that you'll start appearing more on. I'm telling you, it's, it, it's, more it's like... good that I'm here. I didn't want to be. So like I said, in, in case of emergency, I, I need to be able to speak, follow directions, get in my car. I, I text you from in front. And there was a parking spot on the street, which I would have been comfortable with. But yet I moved across the street. These are things that came into play. I moved my wife's car so you could take the spot. I know. These are all good things. Jeremiah, you're, you've, always, you've always been intelligent. You've made the right choices. You've been very comforting to all who have uh, been around you. Oh. This I have noticed. That's nice to hear. You like to leave a room better. I try. I, I definitely, know. I definitely try. We all, we all would like it to happen. There's not a lot of people that want a room to remember them as being a bad person. I mean, that's true. <clears throat> but sometimes it, it happens. When did you start going to the store first? Because I've known you since, I want to say... November 10th, 2002 was my first time on stage. Yeah? And I'd say for 10 years before that, I would, I would go there with Polly to drink and chase girls did you i'd known polly for a long time did you ever instruct polly on lessons on like tennis uh, lessons no 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 my uh my tennis was mostly directors hmm. in beverly hills and supermodels and playmates it's one of the reasons i had a late start in stand-up as you were Having, You're having, fun. having a great life. You're having a great life. Yeah. And there was no need for, for the stand-up. I started stand-up in my 30s, for sure. Okay. So up until then, I was just teaching tennis. And I just watched the first part of um, your special, That Guy. I on, remember it. On YouTube today. Okay. Because I always like to do a little bit of, uh, okay. of uh, I... research on my, on my guests. And uh, it was cool for me to see it 
in the theater setting because a lot of those jokes I saw you tell at the comedy store. All of them. Had, so all of them. I've seen you work out made, a lot of that special. Their, what was great about the comedy store is you do 15-minute sets. So what I did to prepare for the hour special is I just would do 15-minute chunks mm. as opposed to going out on the road and doing hours, which I'm not a fan of the road. So I just stay home. Why aren't you a fan of the road? I just don't like shitty hotels and flying coach and just... And it was a, a late start, so the road is fun in your 20s, but not really in your 40s. Huh. I like the store. It's very convenient. It's close. Yeah. I can, uh, I can be home and then on the stage in seven minutes. That's one of the reasons I married the, the girl I did. Is location. Without question, she lived up in Laurel Canyon, and at the time I lived on uh, near Runyon Canyon, so she was directly between my house and the comedy store. Oh, if that's not a sign, then I don't know what is. I don't know if it was a sign. It definitely happened. Would you say? And she had a steep driveway that I had trouble backing down. So once I got up there, it was. You were staying for a while. It was pretty inevitable. I like to say I'm old-fashioned when it comes to marriage, and I'm married for land because she's got a lot of land. Good for you guys. So I don't, I don't know what's good about it, but I'm still there. Yeah. I like to say I'm, I'm a, a great, I'm a great uh, father, but a, a shitty husband. There's a I. I'm a terrible husband, but a great affair. Maybe that's, there's, there's more wording to it. I could see you playing in a movie, the guy who uh, has an affair with somebody's wife. I'm sure I have. <laughs> I'm sure I've done that movie. What's your typical, like, you know, like breakdown for casting? What is your typical thing you go out for? Like the description? Like, like for me, I go out for a lot of quirky guys. You know what I mean? Mine is usually a, a sex offender, without question. Everything I do is someone who either lives in a van or a trailer. I, I think 90%. But these are people reaching out to me. I don't have an agent. I don't think I ever really have had one. So every job I have, someone has kind of reached out. Wow. So they know... They know what they're looking for. That's pretty impressive. I'm not playing a lawyer. I'm not playing anything where I have to do too much acting. So That's pretty impressive, though, for, I mean, for how much you have worked and how many I, gigs you've done. Because you've been in a lot of movies and a lot of TV shows. I know. That's, like, that's pretty impressive to not have, like, a rep that's, like, pushing you that you're obviously doing something right. You're making impressions. I don't, I don't. I don't know if it's a good thing. I would <laughs> to be like we know the guy. <laughs> no, I just don't know if it's a good thing to to be so disconnected that you have no wants or caring. I think a young actor it's important to have an agent or someone that's you know putting you out there, nudging you in the right direction. Yeah. 
But you I, see, mean, I mean, the last job I got, it's called Reservation Dogs, and it'll be on FX August 9th. Somebody asked about that. That's with was, was Bobby Lee in that? Bobby Lee came in for that also. He's out in, in that. Yeah. And uh, we shot in Tulsa. But that was just kind of a self-tape. And I didn't know what it was for. I thought I thought it was maybe a a Nickelodeon show because it was about four kids, and they said I could maybe improv a, a little if I wanted. So that helped. As soon as I could improv, my my odds increased. Go way way up. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, you have the edge on other people. So I did it, and I didn't think about it again for a long time. And then they said you were pinned for it, which means, hey, these are the dates. I'm like, oh, cool. And then I looked, I read about it, and it was Taika Waititi, who did Jojo Rabbit and mm-hmm. got an Academy Award. I was like, oh, so this is a this is big. And at the time, I didn't know what it was, so it allowed me to be even looser, more free, more loose. Yeah, if you don't know what it is. Then. And then it turned out one of the other creators sterling harjo had seen me at the comedy store and liked and liked me then so when my tape came across it was just a perfect storm and i play kind of a kind of a a bad guy Mm. with a twinkle i like to say i'm a, a a creep with a twinkle in just about everything i do you're a likable creep I'd like to think so. I, I never play it that I'm not lovable. I would say so. Okay. Yeah. Then that's good. Yeah. How are we doing? I feel good about this so far. Oh, good. I'm, I'm glad that you're feeling I'm almost comfy. comfortable. We're just about to start. Fine. <laughs> I, that's how it should be. It's the slow build. It's a slow build. That's what I, it is. I, I don't mind that. Like you, all of this felt like, like I was feeling the room. Yeah, organic. Filling it out. Okay, what do you need to know? What do I need to know? Okay, here's a question that I have. You used to host a TV show. I did. What was that experience like being the host of a of like a, a network television show? It was called The Test. Uh huh. And I think we shot 150 episodes, which is of daytime TV. So much. Lie detector DNA drug test. We shot, I believe, 12 a week. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we shot four a day. That's crazy. And we shot on Dr. Phil's stage. Because you guys like, during go his, way back, right? During his hiatus. We go, we go back. Yeah. And that was through tennis as well. There you go. But we'd played tennis for, I don't know, four or five years before that conversation even came up where he let me know that his son, Jay, was putting together a talk show. And he thought that I might be a fit. And so I went over to Paramount and I went on stage and they put me in a suit and uh, shaved me a little and just checked to see if I could read a teleprompter. And I could. And then they gave me a couple guests and I seemed comfy enough. And then they, they just started making it happen. The ball started rolling, and before I know it, it got picked up for, you know, 90% of the country. 
Yeah. It, it was on every day for a year, and I was very uncomfortable. I just didn't like it. Be, you're uncomfortable with it being out there that much, or what? No, I just I didn't like wearing a suit. I didn't oh, like for four days. I didn't out like of the week. having to be somewhere. Yeah. It, it was all that stuff that I'm working on. Like I'd be better at it now. I'd be more because just because you're more open to it now just, that you have a wife and a kid and just more more things to be able to identify with and the family also. I'm a dad now. Do you? Do you I love something. I'd never loved anything. Do you feel like that's affecting your stand up in a good way, having a family, or has it not affected uh, like much of it, your joke writing? It's affected everything. Mm -hmm. For me to. To be a, a dad is was necessary. It's it's what I needed, and it's what I did not want ever. I wanted to ride it out. I'd made it pretty far. So then, what was? I mean, obviously, you found the right girl and made that happen. I fucked up. <laughs> I stayed in too long. And uh, she was too young when I met her. And so I took her 20s from her. And I figured, I think, <laughs> I think I'm supposed to marry her. And we looked at it as a, a party. It's a really, really romantic thing. I remember when I proposed to her, I gave her the ring and I said, here. No, you didn't. But that's just... That was a big even even saying here was a a gesture for someone. That was big for you. Of course. Did you get I, down, I, did you get down on one knee? No. <laughs> just I knew it was part of the the process. You know, marriage weddings aren't for us. It's it's, it's something that the the women enjoy. Yeah. So I looked at it as, as a party. Kevin mm. Nealon was the officiant. Oh, wow. Kevin married us and... That's, that had been so fun. That was fun. How funny was he? Hilarious. I mean... Uh, at some point I'll, I'll find... It was a five minute... It was basically a roast, but it was a, a five minute ceremony. That's great. And he killed. Oh, I'm sure. And it was the best part of it. Seeing Kevin kill. Yeah. It's That's just, your best memory of the wedding day? Of course. I mean, uh, everybody's. That's what you remember. Right. It's not the cake. We've right. all seen it wasn't these, the cake or the kiss seen the or tall the vows cakes. or whatever. It was Kevin crushing. There were no vows. No vows? I, I, don't, I don't think I said anything. My wife and I uh, improvised our vows. That's good. Yeah. You're good at that. I, I don't... Now that I think about it, I think we didn't. It, it was along the lines of the here. Yeah. So we kept that alive. Yeah, the idea is like, we did We did it. We did the thing. I mean, we're married. On paper, that seems to be pretty important. It, yeah. I, I moved in with her and her mom. Eventually, we got rid of the mother. What did you do with the body? Uh, we moved it to Hollywood Boulevard. Okay. And we put it in, I believe, a, I believe it's an apartment. The mom likes to think it's a condo. Right. <laughs> but 
I'm sure she misses her house. Mm-hmm. I don't think she planned on ever leaving, but it just wasn't big enough for all of us. So you took her house? Well, half of it is Jaren's. I, I took my wife's half, and it was it was funny because for so long I did for so long I didn't want to do this, but because my my dad married my mom, and then moved in with her and her mother, and her mother my mom's mom lived upstairs and yeah we all lived downstairs. And I realized that's exactly what I did. You followed in your father's footsteps. I did. Just 100%. Without question. Without even realizing it. Oh, uh, I knew what you, I was doing. You knew what he had done. Well, of course. Yeah. And he had also said to me once, you know, if it wasn't for grandma, this couldn't, he couldn't have made it work. My dad was a handyman, house painter. He couldn't have raised five kids on Social Security. On those wages, yeah. But the fact that there was a house already in play. Mm-hmm. You know what I absolutely love about sheath underwear? They've got so many options. Oh, different styles different techniques to make you feel oh so good on the inside. There's a two pouch compartment system that's in every pair of sheath to put your wiener and your balls. Here's for the balls, here's for the wiener. Keep them separate, keep them cool. That's what Robert Patton thought of when he was fighting for us in Iraq. He's an American war hero. This is a veteran-owned company. So you should support Sheath Underwear. Go to sheathunderwear.com and use promo code Jeremiah to get 20% off your first order. And as always, Sheath guarantees a 100% money-back guarantee if you're not completely satisfied. Again, go to sheathunderwear.com and use promo code Jeremiah. Get sheath and let them support your balls. I don't think, I don't think I would have, I wasn't on the path to have a house. I liked the apartment I was in. I liked my roommate and I could have rode it out forever. What was the nicest thing that you owned when you were living in that apartment? Like some people have like a nice jacket. Some people have a watch. Some people have maybe When I was car. living in my apartment? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, I, I used to talk about it briefly because it was a, a 357 Magnum. That was the nicest thing I owned for a long time. So would you sleep And I didn't even know what I was protecting with it. The joke about you and your special about sleeping with a 357 Magnum, is there any truth to that? Of course. It, it's, but I, and I would leave the first chamber empty in case I pulled my trigger in my sleep. There's, everything is, is true, but it's the same, it's the same thing how this podcast started where you don't believe me because of my tone and, <laughs> The what appears to be sarcasm, but it's just 
a seed of truth that I may water with my imagination. I mean, you would be very good at a game, Two Truths and a Lie. Or being interrogated by the FBI. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always a few steps ahead of who's ever interviewing. I feel like you are the catch me if you can of comedians. I'm just, I would say that that is an okay angle. I'm easy to catch, but you just won't know what you've caught. Right. I'm here. I know. You caught me, but what what would what will you even do with me if you caught me? I think we're doing it. Exactly. And then you realize I I was okay without that. <laughs> do you have siblings? I am the youngest of five by, children. By the way, I'm going to let you know something. I usually don't interview like this. I know. Of course. You don't think I know that this is different from what you do? And you don't think I and you don't think I already know that this is kind of the happiest and most uncomfortable you've been in this situation? Because it's going in a direction you hadn't planned. But it's okay. But that, that's, that's of course it's okay. That's the beauty of that's life. That's the beauty of improv and life. Is that, every, every episode is different. Yeah. And I I lean into whatever the guest energy has thrown me. So I so I, you know. Well, that's the same thing Doctor Phil told me. You know, don't ever, don't ever miss the opportunity to shut up. Let them let them run. And what's good about this is as you let me run, I also let you run. Even in even in silence, you're doing more than usual. Usually you have a lot going on. You have a lot of angles and you know, some voices and faces and music. And here you're just this is who you are. This is two two dudes shooting it. Just two human beings in a garage with some soundproofing. Mm-hmm. But Not, yet, but yet, the garage door is open for course. us. Of course, because the heat. Because the heat. I haven't figured this out yet. With with this, the the studio setup in this garage is during the summer, the airflow is poor in here, and I'll have to get some kind of AC unit or something eventually. But right now, it's nice enough where if I do it in the evening, it's beautiful. It feels maybe, very nice. Maybe you should here. just do it in the evenings. Maybe, yeah, maybe so. I mean, that's one way around catch comics, investing in uh, AC. True. Catch comics before they go out and do sets. Just catch them whenever they're ready to pour it out a little. Yeah, as I was today. How would you you describe my comedy a little bit? How would you describe my stand up? Well, like because you said that I, I usually see you see. You well, see there's you. a lot, but but it's all precise. You you're, you're a lot smarter than. You let people know. Oh, interesting. So you take it down a few notches thinking that it'll be a little more relatable to the audience, where if I were you, I would go the other way. Really? Shit, make them... Make them come to me? Make them listen. Make them, make them have to figure it out. Yeah. Why, why would you want to dial anything down in life? Life is too short. You know, when are you the happiest? When you're, when it's clicking. Yeah, when I'm going like. Yeah, because there's no filter. Right. 
That's why some of your biggest laughs are in between your jokes. No, I haven't figured that that part out yet. Well, you're you're about to. You're about to when someone mentions it. Well, I mean, the thing is, like, with my stand-up, like, because I'm a strong improviser. Yeah. What's hard is <clears throat> I'll I'll spend so much time writing specific jokes where it's like you know traditional setup punch. Yeah. But then I'll riff something that night that will always outdo the written stuff. That's the. It's so hard because they appreciate like the magic spark of what's and right that's in front of the, them. And that's the battle. Uh, I know that I'm funnier in between my jokes. So I'm trying to make my jokes feel like the in-betweens. Right. So That is the hard so part. So the, the key is, you know, I want... I want the jokes to be the in-betweens. I mean, but you're such a a, a well-written performer, though, that, I mean, I, I never see it as that. I mean, it's, it comes off natural. Cause all, I know, but that's, your... that's, I'm just, I don't want to do a monologue. I know, that's how I feel so, all the time. Of course. I feel so, like I'm talking at the audience if I'm not. We are. Yeah. We, we're, we're talking... You know, Mitzi had once said, you know, talk with them, not at them. Yeah. And that's that's where I'm at as a human being. I just want to hold the room and just deliver my words on a pillow, not a rock. And that's that's where I'm at right now. I'm just trying to love and I'm trying to do it here. With you, I'm trying to do it with anyone I come in contact with. I'm trying to do it with my child. I'm trying to do it with the wife. I'm just trying to be, I'm just trying to be across the board. And it was one of the things that Gary Shanling was working on toward the end. He had said once to me, he's just, he wants to be stand up. He doesn't want to do it. He just wants to go up there and talk and let people in on his thoughts and not talk in terms of a joke or a setup or a punch. He just wants to talk. And that, to me, is what I'm striving for. I can make a room laugh. I can construct a joke. I can destroy but the point is, I want to not be so calculating. Mm. I want to just say, hi, this is who I am. Here's a few things I'd like to talk about. There will be some jokes. But I just I'm at a place where I'm okay if I don't do stand-up. But I sure like trying to nudge the room to the light, even if it's who's ever out there. I'm trying to encourage love, you know, a lot of suffering in the world. So I try and use my words to soothe, nudge people in the right direction. Yeah, I'm always trying to help, whether it's a comedian or someone who just wants to say hi. I think it's important to realize how lucky we are. Absolutely. You know? Did you... 
you used, you mentioned Shandling. Did you used to go to those basketball? No, that that I wasn't I wasn't in that group. I became friends with Gary uh going down to the Comedy and Magic Club. <clears throat> oh, all right. So we talked there and also one of his best buddies is a a great friend of mine, Bruce Grayson, who was his his makeup artist but also just his best pal. So a lot of the things that I talked to with Bruce about comedy is directly from Gary, and I find it really interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just believing in what you're talking about, you know, being grounded and just trying to nudge the room and being okay with silence. You know, just, that's huge. Ah, that's being okay with and that's when that's where the biggest laughs come after that filling the balloon with air and then popping it to see where it goes holding it as long as you can like I'll I'll try and go as long as I can without a joke before I get to the ones that I know will hit that's when it's fun but you also have to remember you're doing a job, you're a comedian, you're being contracted to perform. You're not going up there to tank a room or yeah. get them thinking too much. You're being paid. The room is looking for comedy. That's what they're So if for. you can combine it, if I can do a little bit of both, I'm happy. But I know that I can go pretty dark but I don't want to ruin it for who's ever after me. Would you be willing to put a, <laughs> to put a wig on? Wig! I mean, you know I love you. Yeah. I am just surprised that with all that money and education, you went out there and you did nothing. I mean, what do you want me to do? Well... You said if we give you a certain amount of money, you would go to California. And I You did would it. do some school. Yeah. Did you do some school? A little bit. And what did you study? The arts. And what art did you find to, to monetize? The, the whole idea for you going to California was to get a job. I mean, I did some clay stuff. Now, there's nothing wrong with clay stuff. Did... Did you sell any? No. So you did clay stuff for yourself? For funsies, yeah. For funsies? Yeah. And funsies is a, a word that that means what? I learned it in college, and uh, it's the absolute most fun you can have, so you add the Zs on the end of it. And it's basically projecting yourself into another realm So you had fun. Of fun. You had some fun, had though. some fun. Yeah. Now, do you plan on continuing the fun or maybe get a job or sell, sell some of the clay? What was the clay? What, what, what were you making? Bowls or a to- hats? A toboggan. Yeah. So you made a clay toboggan. Made a, made a clay toboggan. Yeah. Now, that to me sounds like something you should be able to sell. There's not a lot of clay toboggans. I haven't checked the market on clay toboggans. So this is what I want you to do. Okay. My son checks the market. I think you can sell that toboggan. 
you've always had something in you that your mother and I used to talk about because it scared us. We always thought he's got nothing. He doesn't want to do anything. I'm happy with nothing. Exactly. But if you can take nothing and monetize it, a clay toboggan seems like nothing that will sell. That's why it will. Huh. If you can be the worst clay toboggan maker ever, like no wheels or give it nothing that will allow it to even move or in function. the snow. It won't function at all. It won't even yes. move. Yeah. Then you got something. Huh. Because you create something new. It's anti-art. Anti-art. Huh. Anti-toboggan. You get a toboggan that someone can't move. You get something that they pay for and then realize you get to keep it. And then you know what you do? You sell it again, because you're my son. We sell shit. I've never had a job. I instilled that in you. I never thought of a clay toboggan. What the fuck? You're my boy. What was the last thing that you sold, Dad? Coffee. A lot of people sell coffee. Exactly. There was no money in it. Do what I did, but the opposite. Do what you did, but the opposite. Huh. Which means take something like coffee that everybody needs. Everyone drinks. It helps them poop. You take something that desirable and then you do the opposite. You find something that nobody wants. Zero. No one has any interest in a clay toboggan. Then you got something. That's unique. That's what will sell. Okay, uh, let's spitball some other ideas. And what about like um, a Velcro vibrator? Now you're thinking. Now would you strap that on the toboggan? I mean, we could for extra pleasure. Now you're onto something. Combine your ideas. Velcro, that's great. And what's the word? Velcro vibrator? Velcro. Yeah. Okay. Call it Velcro. Velcro. Like, like I did. And then it's a company. It's his own thing. No one knows it. No one knows it. A Velcro vibrator. Yeah. Attached to a clay toboggan. Yeah. That's where the money is. Okay. Well, I guess I didn't need that college then. <laughs> of course not. If I'd known you had this in you, I wouldn't have given you $500 for a college education. I would have kept you right in Iowa. I didn't know this shit was bubbling in your head. Velcro and clay toboggans? How long have you had that idea? Since I was nine years old, Dad. <sighs> Man. God, I'm proud of you. I want you to come home. With, Bring that idea home. I'll, I'll wouldn't, help you do it. Wouldn't that defeat the purpose of me getting out of the... New purpose. Clay toboggan. What's the word? Toboggan. Call it a toboggan. Toboggan with Velcro. Fuck. <laughs> this is why I love you. This is why I'm happy. New words just... I learned from you. I was nothing before you. 
Look at me now. I got a son doing Velcro toboggans. That's where the money is. Feels good. Whew. All right. Bring it home. All right, I'll see you at Christmas. I love you, son. I love you, Dad. I never said that. I know you haven't said that, so it's hard for me but to hear. But you never had an idea like this. I know. It's all new feelings coming my way. Okay. Tobacco. Velco. Go away. All right. I'll, I'll see you later. Go away. Fucking my son. The inventor of Velco Tobacco. Fuck. I did it. I fucking did it. I'm sure he's adopted, but fuck it. I'll tell people he's mine. And scene. And that's why this man bugs acting roles, people. Yeah, man, we went there. We went for it, dude. I believed in it. That's perfect. Velcro Tobacco. Velcro Tobacco. You just fucking strap that thing on the tip. Right. You fucking Did sit on your down there, dude. You're not, you're not wanting to get off of that thing. No. Long rides, Clay, man. So let's do a couple other questions that okay. people sent in. Questions from fans. Okay. Um, I felt good about that. See, that's what I do on the show. I do a little, little improvs and little, okay. little different okay. sketches and vignettes. Um, I mean, I think people will want to see more of those two they will want to see a velcro toboggan oh definitely we should get someone that could draw it i mean reach out to your followers i mean if you <laughs> if anybody wants to anyone uh, want to draw to... Uh, a toboggan made of clay with a velcro <laughs> vibrator attached to the front um make it a two-seater i'd like to be sitting in there with my son there's multiple patriot questions okay what what did you it's been a, a long time since i saw that movie so obviously when i saw the movie i didn't know you so I what scene played, uh, did you do because my dad well i was in it the whole time are you I, I played skunk the patriot with mel gibson yeah wherever mel was i was there my dad loves that movie like he he had us watch that so many times he loved that movie i think i had one line but maybe a couple yeah one of them was what do you know about war mm -hmm. the other was to hell with you and the french army and one time i shot somebody executed him how many times have you shot people on screen i don't think i ever haven't <laughs> i think it's always there's always a gun in play Ritz Crackers. I like it. I, I'm good with a firearm. A lot of cops and bad guys and sex yeah. offenders. Yeah. And carnies. I play a lot of carnies and loan sharks. I was a carny in uh, community. Oh, nice. You did a lot of, you did community and parks and rec. I did a lot of parks and rec. Yeah. Sewage Joe. There's a lot Head of questions. Head of the sewage about department. There's there's questions about that character. What do you want to know about Sewage Joe? Ooh. One of the questions is, is it true that you smoked a piece of your foreskin? That I smoked what? A piece of your foreskin. Well, not by choice. 
Uh, I was in a, an accident, and I was uh, kind of wedged in close. Mm-hmm. And that was all I had to live on before the jaws of life got involved. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was foreskin. Definitely three skin when I was done. One bite. This comes from Lopez. Forgetting Sarah Marshall has such a killer cast. Any interesting stories while on set? Uh, no, because I shot all of my stuff in Los Angeles. Gotcha. <laughs> I would have liked to have gone to Hawaii. Yeah. but uh, That would have been fun. I think all of my stuff was on Olympic Boulevard in Santa Monica. But it was exciting to be a part of it. I think I auditioned for the Paul Rudd character. Oh, okay. And ended up... I love that movie. It's a great movie. A lot of people saw it. Yeah, I'm sure you got hit up a lot. I think the a line I slid in there was, act like losing your penis is a bad thing. I don't really remember what it was in context, in in uh, the context, but it, it seemed to fit. Thompson Gr 1989 said, "What's the gayest thing you've ever done?" Suck a dick, probably. No. Uh, what is? I don't even know what that. I don't know what that question means. I mean, what's? I. I oh. I'm just happy to be alive. Everything I do is. Uh, just gay and straight and I don't see any uh there's no specific to, right I don't even know what 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 gay means this is a good one Gradley CCHD says uh I play Polly and you play yourself and reenact a story of you and Polly from back in the day first of all Polly and I don't do a lot of talking so there hasn't even though I've known him a long time yeah but uh, I think one time when I was in Melbourne or Melbourne, 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 yeah, Melbourne. I remember a, a girl threw all his clothes in the bathtub. That's all I remember. Dude, what are you doing with my clothes? Why'd you make, make them all wet? Kirk, do you know anything about this? I do not. Uh, are those clothes... You need? Dude, they're my acid wash jeans, bro. I need them for the show tonight. We we just we'll just dry them out, and then we'll, we'll just move on from it. Dude, it's gonna affect the colors. Well, I gotta tell you, Polly, it's just clothing. And dude, I have my weed in there as well, bro. I know, Polly. I just I can't spend much more time talking about it, but. I can help you get them out of there. Dude, I mean, give, I, I appreciate the trip. I'm, I'm glad you brought me down here, but it's it's just clothing. Dude, and, but what? But what? But what? But what what? But what if you give me your pants, bro? I'm going to wear these. You know I only have one pair. Dude, I can, I'm a little taller. I can cut them. I'll make them jean shorts. It's not going to happen. And I'm going to go. And I'm glad you called me up here to look at this, but there's nothing I can do. Dude, but... Like, why would she do that to me? That's something you need to talk to her about. That's not really my department. And uh, I got to go. Where are you going, though? I'm just going to go to my room. I'm asleep. So you're not it's, even going to... two in the morning. You're not even going to help me get the clothes out of the no, tub water? I've, I've always told you that 
that's not our friendship. Yeah. I told you I'd never sell your merch. There's a reason I don't. But do I it. thought that's what good friends do is know, sell each other's merch, there, there's bro. There's other there's other comedians that you can take with you that can help you sell merch. I just won't do it. Okay. Okay. All right, ma'am. Night, Polly. All right, nighty night. You want to get some breakfast burritos in the morning? Maybe in the morning. I just gotta go. Okay. Okay. All right. Bye. See you. Hey, it's me, Polly, again. The clothes are still in the water, bro. I know. They're going to stay there until either you take them out or the maid or just buy some new clothes. I'm, I'm going to bed. I'm not going to answer. Okay. Bye. Bye. That's kind of how all of our conversations, I kind of just, you know, I do a lot of listening mm-hmm. and just trying to get on to whatever needs to be sure. done. Of course. But I love them. There's oh. a, there's elements to love. Heck yeah. It's Polly. He took me to Australia. Oh, we went to the south of France once. I think Polly Shore's dad was in Cannes. That's a, a great doc. I don't know if it was a doc. Was it? Polly Shore's dead? I think so, right? Is no. It? That's not the one that's a doc? Then I'm putting my own foot in my mouth. What is the... Which one Polly is... Polly Shore's... Dead was uh, he faked his own death to get famous again. Never mind, I didn't see that one. He and I wrote it. Yeah, I kind of typed it. He he kind of just talked, and I put it down. I didn't do much. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Paul Shore. There you go. Well, this brings us to our final segment of the oh, show. Oh, nice! So we've done okay. We've done all right. <sighs> I I I we, feel present. We got to know each other better. A little. We did, a, yeah, we we did a little bit of improv. We did some improv. Uh, I'm a Buddhist at heart. That's important. Yeah, I, I try and love, nudge him to the light. Yeah, you nudged everything. Youngest of five light. kids. Yeah, that's important. My dad, my mom. That's good. Yeah, we got to hear a little bit from your dad today. So. That was cool. A little from my dad? Yeah, a little bit from your dad. What 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 part? I don't remember. When you were talking to uh, your son Kirk about the toboggan. Oh, that was good. That was good. That was strong. That was solid. We, we could probably lead with that. Probably. That's where we'll start the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and end it. Yeah. This is a listener favorite, viewer favorite. It's called Sax Talk. Oh, Sax Talk. I. I was in I was in ninth grade, and it was a dance at the Admiral Hartman Building. That was part of Navy housing in San Diego, California. I was dancing with Cindy. It was a slow dance. And the song was Dream On, Dream On. And as I was dancing with Cindy, I remember I looked over at Wayne Thompson, the toughest guy in school. And as Wayne looked at me and Cindy, I remember mouthing the words to him, 
Dream on. Dream on. And I didn't think anything of it till Monday at school. Everyone told me Wayne wanted to fight me, beat me up because of something I had done at the Admiral Hartman dance. I had told him to dream on, dream on when he looked at me and Cindy. And I believe her last name was Gauthier. I... And when Wayne came at me, I remember saying, it wasn't to you. It wasn't to you. It was to Aaron Albright, who was next to you. <laughs> and then Wayne said, okay. And he turned to Aaron. And then Aaron said, we're going to fight after school. And I didn't want to fight. I don't think I had ever been in a fight. And when school ended, I was at my locker and I was ready to go home. And everyone said, Aaron's waiting for you. I said, okay. And they walked me to an alley behind Pacific Beach Junior High. And there was a hundred people in a circle. And they threw me in the middle. And there was Aaron Albright. And he came at me and somehow I got him in a headlock. And I punched him once in the face. And that was the fight. It ended quickly. And I still think about it. I'm one and oh. I think it was my last fight, <laughs> ninth grade. So I'm undefeated. And I miss, I miss all three of them, Aaron Albright and Wayne Thompson and Cindy Gauthier. And that song, Dream On, Dream On. That was it, man. That's all I wanted. <laughs> That's all I wanted. We got it, man. Okay. Do you want to plug anything before we go? Uh, I'd like to plug this podcast. Uh, I'm sure it'll be on at some point. <laughs> and uh, you can catch me there. And that's enough. I'm, I don't want fame. I like my anonymity. And uh, the mystery that comes with uh, not caring. So watch me on this podcast. Check him out on Jeremiah Wonders. Kirk, thanks so much for coming by, brother. Oh, one other thing. Uh, Reservation Dogs. Oh, there it is. On FX premieres August 9th. 
It'll change the world. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you, Jeremiah. Oh.